so Yuda introduced me to this paper uh, published in the Journal of Meta Philosophy called Senses of Humor as Political Virtues by Philip Dean. And this paper was uh, a little striking, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, the basic argument is on the topic of how your sense of humor can be a political virtue or a political vice. So it's not, uh, uh, humor is not politically neutral. And in particular, he advocates for specific ways in which humor can be used instrumentally for uh, virtue in, in regards to politics and uh, <laughs> in contrast to uh, very specifically, as he words it, an analysis of Donald Trump's deeply flawed sense of humor is used to ground this account. That's from the abstract. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I found this paper just by... I was actually browsing the journal called Metal Philosophy because I worked interesting and it has real papers in the journal. And it's a real journal. Like It has... Uh, you know, it, it's respected somewhat. Um, and then just, I saw the title and the abstract and uh, <laughs> I had to look into it a little bit. But I basically just skipped to the Donald Trump section and then found like this really crazy paragraph and sent it to you. And then I just didn't read any more of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't believe I read this paper because just no, this paper does not deserve to be read by anyone. <laughs> yeah, so this is a it's a it's a funny paper and it's a little bit outrageous in the fact that it was even really published as a serious paper. <laughs> yeah, in a real journal published by John Wiley and Sons Limited. Yeah, um, so yeah, and then also the topic, you know, meta philosophy is you know, supposed to publish papers that are about like the discipline of philosophy in a meta way. So like, you know, aspects of the discipline or or the way that philosophy is practiced instead of doing like straight philosophy like epistemology or metaphysics or something. But yeah, this journal didn't this uh paper didn't even fit into that. So I'm not sure why it was published in this journal. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, I don't think it's huh. meta philosophy. It's just like bad philosophy, <laughs> or or not even philosophy. Huh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting point. I didn't really think about that, but that makes sense. It is definitely not a work of meta philosophy in those terms. It has nothing to do with <laughs> analyzing philosophy. It's just an analysis of uh, the political uses of humor. Yeah, yeah, it's about humor, you know, ostensibly. And yeah. yeah, but this it couldn't have been published in like a metaphysics or epistemology journal. So it seems like yeah, I'm not mm. sure why it wasn't published in like a public philosophy journal. Like those, yeah, there's a lot more. Uh, Stuff like this, I, I I assume in those journals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, but this was weird probably. to see in just like a totally unrelated place. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that is funny. However, it is not even the most funny part of this paper. Not by far. <laughs> the fact that it is misplaced. But, um, yeah, so maybe we can go into a little bit of detail about how exactly this paper proves itself in this way. So, like I described, um, the abstract even is sort of laden with judgment about Donald Trump. And it uses the, it even phrases it as a <laughs> to ground this account. So it's not just that Donald Trump is a like a remark that the author makes that you know this is a particular uh, contemporary example of the kind of thing that I'm talking about. It's like Donald Trump is half of the argument. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I mean it basically is the argument. I mean the last sentence. Yeah, here. for an analysis for of President Donald Trump's. Deeply flawed sense of humor is used to ground this account. And, you know, the deeply flawed, like, there's no argument for that, really. It's, it's kind of assumed. And then, th so that's not what the argument is for. It's just the starting point is Trump's bad sense of humor. And then, uh, that's I think he, kind, kind of the argument. Uh huh. To be fair, I, I think that I did get something about. I did get something from the introduction and the conclusion that I didn't think was entirely worthless, but I just think that as a paper, it doesn't really hold up to have any positive value uh, in that. <laughs> because I think that um, in some ways, the author has uh, an interesting perspective on humor in its uses socially. Uh, he doesn't make this a paper about like what is humor, right? This isn't a... I don't know what you would call that, uh, trying to define what humor is. But he's trying to say, like, okay, how can humor be used, and what are the sort of values that we attach to humor, and uh, what are the ways that humor can be used badly? Yeah. Wait, so what is this not worthless part? Is it, like, his observations about how humor is used to, like... Uh, tie communities together, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so that is one of the points that he makes. Um, and he makes some... Those aren't even... Oh. I mean, those aren't his points, you know? Like, they're points that uh, a lot of people could make, but also, I, I'm sure... I, I mean, the, the proper, you know, place for that kind of thing might be in, like, I don't know, sociology or anthropology, something like uh -huh. that. And, I'm yeah, so, it, I don't know, they're just, they're not, like, philosophical points. They're just kind of general points about humor that don't re really make an original point that's relevant to his paper. So, yeah, oh, that's okay. what I would say about that. Yeah, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I agree that this paper makes zero original contributions. <laughs> I guess well, that it, mm -hmm. uh, what I what I meant by it making some uh, positive points that I considered, you know, not negative in value, it was just the pure content of the points. But I agree that this is neither a good place to uh, host these points, nor is it a good presentation. <laughs> And not even, okay. you know, correctly categorized. Yeah, so you're talking about points that just 
he happened to mention, but yeah, uh, in the like abstract the point of the paper, but, yeah. yeah, because the paper does have. I wouldn't call it original, but it has like kind of a point that the paper is about, and that's about like uh, some kinds of humor being bad, and like you could, I think that you would consider if that was like interesting, then the paper would make like an interesting contribution. But yeah, um, yeah, you weren't talking about that particular point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and altogether as well, he just argues for his points very badly. Uh, I was not convinced through his paper of any of his arguments. I may have agreed with them already, and that's why I ended up agreeing with them at the end as well. But none, none of the things he said were at all convincing. Um, and uh, it's Actually, not just like, that they weren't convincing, <laughs> he just makes points that don't make any sense. <laughs> but even the things that... The, you say aren't worthless. I I think what you're referring to by that. I I don't know. Like aren't I thought his observations in general were about humor were very banal. Like they were stuff like yeah, hu humor binds communities together. Uh, humor can be used to attack people or be malicious. But I, there were I don't know. They, they just seem like kind of you know, the first observations that anyone would make if they're analyzing humor. And, yeah, I, I didn't find them very that interesting. Well, okay, so he does make some points about humor more broadly like that, but, so that I guess we can divide up the sorts of arguments he makes. Uh, so one type of argument that he makes is that humor plays a certain role in society, and, or it can play certain roles in society. One of the roles is that it can bring people together. I guess he says, like, very generically, that building social bonds is one of the central functions of humor, understood in the 18th century British sense. This humor is affiliative humor. Uh, the sharing of a laugh oh. makes people feel part of a shared activity, etc., etc. So that's, like, super generic points that anyone could make about humor. But he also makes other types of uh, points. Another type of point he makes is that uh, people having certain senses of humor is important for their role in society. Uh, he makes some sp very specific points about like uh, how people in power have a responsibility to have certain kinds of humor and people that are not in power have a certain responsibility to have certain kinds of humor. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. So this is a different type of argument that he makes. It's about senses of humor, not humor itself. Yeah. I that feels like there wasn't he makes a lot of, you know, assertions like that. I, I felt like he never really argued for any of them. Oh yeah, he doesn't make any one really. <laughs> like yeah. He, just, <laughs> he might he makes assertions all throughout it and that I think that's one of them. Like he's just like, okay, humor is yeah, uh, these certain sorts of ways in that there's almost never an argument. Yeah, and even the sorts of humor sense or senses of humor and norms that he uh, desires in the last, so like, so basically, what is his perspective in this paper? It's that you need to be able to make fun of institutions of power and yourself in order to have a good sense of humor. And well, uh, especially you wait, can't make fun wait. of people that are marginalized or don't have power. 
Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Me, me, the wording threw me off a little, but I think I agree. Okay. okay. I think that's basically the the only point in here that is like his. <laughs> it's not just like uh, references that, to observations. Although about you know, that is the point that Aditya made too, and then I agreed at the time, not really thinking about it. But yeah, even after that, I I you know realized I totally disagree. And then reading this paper, I, I totally disagreed again. <laughs> uh, you but, mean Aditya but, made one? The paper, the point that um, in, in our humor episode, the point that uh, humor should only punch up and never down. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, and, and uh-huh. that's the correct kind of humor. But that's, I mean, an honest, I mean, that is, that's not an original point either, you know, because that's something a lot of, like, super liberal comedians and just people in general, like liberals in general, say. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe, I mean, it, maybe you haven't, if you're not, you know, a part of those groups, you, you might have not heard of those arguments. But I, I've heard it a lot. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I definitely am not as familiar with those arguments then, it seems, as you are. Uh, but I, I would say that, so, he makes a lot of assertions that build up to that claim essentially. He, he gives some sort of like, you know, very <laughs> very loose theory of social responsibility and virtue of humor. It seems almost like musing as opposed to actually uh, thinking rigorously about it. Um, yeah, that that's the thing about this paper, and I don't know how to cover it because, like, when there's a structure to an argument, you know, you know how to summarize it, but this doesn't like there isn't really much of a structure and there's just there's a bunch of sections and they're all kind kind of on their own and like the content of all the sections are just a bunch of yeah musings basically assertions uh yeah there's there isn't really a structure or an argument yeah, that's a good point. There isn't a structure. It's basically just a bunch of observations, and then he states his claim like I read. And then at the end, he basically just says, but also there are exceptions for anything that I want to make fun of. <laughs> oh, Here's yeah. A... So, <laughs> but oh, before we get to that, though. That's the last paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to do that. But uh, just let me read a part of his... Uh, is writing here, just to give a taste of what this is like. So, comedy, like other art forms, is not bound by rigorous requirements of truth or and morality. Comedians are not necessarily asserting truths or moral beliefs as they slacken their everyday commitments for the sake of aesthetic amusement. It is sometimes immoral, however, to slack those commitments. Morial's general moral principle is that we should not laugh at someone's passion when... Com- er, we should not laugh at someone's problem when compassion is called for. This concern is heightened when we turn to Morial's second facet when analyzing political humor. Who has the power? Politicians have enormous power and responsibility. Accordingly, we must be vigilant that they do not laugh in the presence of their constituents suffering or make light of serious matters of public concern in order to escape criticism and maintain power. Morial then seemed to come very close to saying that a sense of humor is virtuous when it is found among the citizens but not among politicians, which would be an error. And then he goes on to say exactly how that is. 
but yeah, it's like <laughs> jumping from thing to thing without really yeah. a basis for it. Yeah, there. Like, yeah, that was. I mean, that was a good ex- example. I mean, that's the whole paper. But yeah, the person makes an assertion at the beginning, and then they, yeah, they don't they don't back up the assertion at all. Instead, they introduce a quote that's related to the assertion, <laughs> as if that like. But it's not like it's not a situation where quoting you quoting someone is going to help your argument <laughs> because there's no yeah because it's not like uh quoting an anthropologist when you're making an assertion about a fact of some uh some anthropological fact it's just like like that's not going to help you with your argument but somehow like the, this person seems to think it does help with the argument but yeah, yeah i mean it's just unconnected i don't it's like when they were when they sat down to write they just like weren't thinking it like they just were feeling what to write next <laughs> yeah and this just to exemplify that it's so many times like that was just one example of him quoting but he actually includes a uh, plenty of quotes in this paper and a lot of the quotes are just like random celebrities or oh, <laughs> like oh it's shows. so it's not or, even yeah the like, quotes you know <laughs> the quotes about trump are from people like al franken like oh like yeah his political enemies or or uh like random you know liberal comedians and celebrities yeah uh I, yeah i actually quoted that part that you just highlighted that part you just read oh nice yeah, comedians are not necessarily hearing truth, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, why? Like, yeah, why do you think that? Whatever. Yep. Comedian, you would, com- you would think that would be an important <laughs> part of the paper. <laughs> I think it's just presumed like, that that's obvious, you know. Who? So is he quoting, is, is he quoting a, a philosopher? I don't know. Morial? Someone named Morial. I'm not sure who that is. It's probably <laughs> an anthropologist. Uh, really? I think that's being... Maybe, but yeah. But, he quotes him okay, in a couple well, of other places. I'd have to... Yeah. But yeah, the quote is, yeah, we should not laugh at someone's problem when compassion is called for. And I guess in this... I mean, if there is an argument at all, it is, it's that quote, but it's like why should someone's opinion about uh, morals be used as yeah the final arbiter here I, I mean yeah there's no reasoning behind it it's weird yeah it's a and it's appeal to authority essentially <laughs> there's also like an an anti appeal to authority kind of which which is where he quotes Hope Hicks saying that Donald Trump has a sense of humor. And then, like, Hope Hicks, like, his press oh, yeah. secretary or something. And then, um, yeah, let's see. He, I mean, basically his comment is like, well, this, um, this kind of praise about Donald Trump resembles uh, something that people oh. would say about our glorious leader, you know, Kim Jong-il. Oh, and therefore, I, I can you know, <laughs> it, this must be wrong. It's like because, you know, a Donald Trump supporter said that Donald Trump has a humor. 
uh, therefore he must not have a sense of humor. Yeah, it's so great that he he uses that as the point against Donald Trump. <laughs> it's like it's not even saying like, okay, I have to explain this away. It's like this is actually more evidence that he doesn't have a <laughs> sense of humor. Let me let me read this because this is great. It's just the wording is hilarious. So, um, of course there have been those that have claimed that he has a great sense of humor, but such claims are suspect. In the most notable example, Hope Hicks, White House court, uh, spokesperson and eventual communications director, who subsequently dropped, stepped down, issued a statement asserting that the current president has a great sense of humor. In itself, this is already an extremely odd thing for the White House spokesperson to assert. <laughs> Further, this is a statement of an employee about her employer, and therefore lacks credibility. But the most damning material surrounds it. Quote, President Trump has a magnetic personality and exudes positive energy, which is infectious to those around him. He has an unparalleled ability to communicate with other people, whether he is speaking to a room of three or in an arena of 30,000. He has built great relationships throughout his life and treats everyone with respect. He is brilliant with a great sense of humor and an amazing ability to make people feel special and aspire to be more than even they thought possible. Prima facie false in many ways. This statement resembles the praise heaped by functionaries upon their glorious leader. One expects Hicks to continue by claiming that Trump eats the sun and drinks the sky. Others have claimed that, in less formal settings, Trump is quite charming and funny, but they have not provided any examples for any concrete evidence. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, so embedded with Yeah, one expects and... Hicks to continue by claiming that Trump eats the sun and drinks the sky. Yeah, like, how do you write this in an academic paper? <laughs> why, why did, how, it, yeah, that's crazy. And, and then an editor didn't cross that out. It's like, what exactly is that sentence, or really this paragraph doing in this paper? Yeah, and then he even, so he, he talks about this comment, which I think is safe to say, like, yeah, that's an over-exaggeration. <laughs> But then uh, he says immediately, prima facie false. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's not an argument. You well, can't just say it's obviously false. <laughs> oh my god. Prima facie false. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of his whole, that's all of his arguments though. Like, prima facie, <laughs> what I'm saying is right. Oh yeah, that's that's a good summary. Prima false, yes. they're not even specific about what's false. It's just like false in many ways. Yeah, just they all, can't even all like point. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, some of what she says is pretty. I'm pretty reasonable, interesting. I, I mean, I think his ability to communicate to a room of three or an arena of three thousand is unparalleled. Is pretty reasonable to say maybe not unparalleled but you know exceptional uh mm -hmm. i mean i've been to a donald trump rally and people can see them on tv like yeah no no politician in america has um rallies that are are anything like trump's like they're they're very unique and stuff like that um yeah and, and, and unparalleled yeah. i mean it doesn't necessarily mean literally the best ever. It just means good, like has a very exceptional ability. Yeah, there's no parallel, and there isn't really one. Um, yeah. yeah, 
so there's no analysis of this comment. It's just like, yeah, see how terrible this uh <laughs> this comment. Yeah, false is. in just... many ways. Like they couldn't even say what's false. It's just like, yeah, what? In many ways, yes. <laughs> Which I'm sure <laughs> that you know his uh, what is it? Um. He's built great relationships throughout his life and treats everyone with respect. Okay, he doesn't treat everyone with respect. I think that's undeniable. But <laughs> you could at least like say that part is false. And then maybe the part about him being a good uh, speaker to giant audiences, that's that's something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's, the, here's how um, he introduces the whole Donald Trump situation. Uh, he says the author. Um, Perhaps the best way to understand when a sense of humor is a political virtue is to examine the living embodiment of when it is vicious, the current U.S. president, Donald Trump. Since his campaign began, a robust conversation has arisen concerning the relation between Trump and comedy. Jimmy Fallon tousled candidate Trump's hair on The Tonight Show, and Saturday Night Live had Trump on as a host, raising the concern that comedians were complicit in the normalization of a white nationalist, incompetent, and proudly sexually assaulting demagogue. In the immediate wake of his election, a number of comedians openly asked if their social role had changed, demanding that they all be satirists, while also asking whether satire even had the capacity to provoke political resistance. (laughs) So that's like introducing Donald Trump. (laughs) yeah we could just read like this whole paper it's so (laughs) like the next paragraph is just like quoting people who don't like donald trump and using that as evidence of why he doesn't have a sense of humor yeah yeah that was that was great like he quotes al franken on the next one quotes the atlantic and nation and the huffington post oh great Does Trump know how to laugh? (laughs) I thought, so, I mean, obviously this is, like, probably one of the most biased takes you can possibly have on it, but I think it's kind of an interesting question. I can't really think of any time that I saw Trump laugh. Have you? Not openly, but I've seen him, like, enjoy humor and and smile. uh, Yeah, he smiles, but he never laughs, or at least I've never seen him laugh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't really know uh, what to make of that, but it was something that I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah, I, I mean, this author uses it as proof that Trump doesn't have a sense of humor, right? And uh, I mean, I think yeah. that I mean that conclusion is obviously wrong because I, Trump, I think, has a sense. Of, I mean, he has a sense of humor, very clearly. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, laughing isn't the only way to enjoy a sense of humor and I, i've definitely seen him and uh, appreciate jokes um stuff like that yeah i, I mean uh, laughing is just kind of a very open way to enjoy humor and then but not you know not every funny joke you would respond to by laughing out loud mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah i mean if you look at any of, I mean, his rallies are like basically stand-up routines. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they're really funny. Like, I've yeah, we've shared clips from his rallies. Um, and his Twitter is hilarious. Like, yeah, 
It is definitely a we, certain kind of humor. It's lot. not like, uh, you know, obvious humor with a a punchline, but it's just like, you know, outrageous humor. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> hmm. It's like a very specific type of humor. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the author that, makes a lot I mean, of this observation of Trump that he seems yeah. to have trouble uh, analyzing people's sense of humors. <laughs> that paragraph is like the rest of it is like you know reporting from like the Huffington Post on how Trump acted uh, during the roast. Oh yeah, uh, apparently, I mean, he would smile at the jokes but not laugh, uh, and then just alleged things that he did like try to throw out the punchline of the joke because he thought it, oh, it yeah. made them funnier but it's that like, was such a weird specific comment yeah it's like sometimes jokes are funnier without the punch without saying the punchline i yeah i don't know that's just doesn't really say anything <laughs> yeah yeah and giving just exa- like giving exactly one example of that happening it's like <laughs> You really Wait, need to give a little bit. At all? Uh, well, okay, yeah, alleged example. Even He's well, it's that. not an example, right? There isn't even an alleged example. Oh yeah, there uh, isn't even an alleged concrete example. It's just alleged that it happened. Yeah, there's no, there's no alleged. Ex- yeah, there's no like actual example presented at all. Yeah. <laughs> This is the specific sentence we're talking about. When reviewing the proposed jokes, he would think that some jokes were made funnier by removing the punchline itself. And when he was being that, roasted, one would typically laugh along in a self-deprecating manner. He did not. <laughs> oh, man. It's, but it's just, it's just, you know, straight up true that some jokes are made funnier by removing the punchline. Like, why is right. that the argument that he doesn't have a sense of humor? Maybe uh, this person doesn't have a sense of humor if you think every joke has to be like a setup and a punchline, and that's the only kind of. So you, basically, you need like you know, a knock knock joke, but more sophisticated, and that's the only kind of humor. Yeah, I mean that is sense. definitely a it's a common type of humor, so I can see why that would be related to humor. But it doesn't seem like a like what would you say a necessary condition for humor. <laughs> Obviously, definitely isn't. Yeah. Um, so let's see, uh, there's another part where, oh yeah, I thought this was funny. Respond to this. So a particularly blunt example is when after reportedly talking, or sorry, a particularly blunt example is when after reportedly being called a fucking moron, Trump challenged Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to a test of IQs, (laughs) despite the fact that there was no indication of humor and a documented history of Trump both touting his purportedly high IQ and of seriously challenging people to IQ tests, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders claimed that it was just a joke and chastised reporters saying they should get a sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. That's, that's pretty funny, though. Yeah, I know. It's that. just... <laughs> oh, I have an example. It's of... so funny that this is being an example of Trump not making a joke. <laughs> Yeah, 
I have, I have a great example of Trump's sense of humor, though. Oh, yeah? Uh, which, which was, I don't know if you saw, like, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think I think it was in her book that recently. Uh, it might have been a book that she wrote that recently came out, but there was an anecdote where um, she was, like, talking with Trump, and she mentioned that he thought, that she thought... Um, Kim Jong-un had winked at her and then Trump goes oh great that's awesome I'm sorry you're gonna have to go take one for the team and and go uh uh you know basically sleep with him (laughs) she was implying that Kim Jong-un had tried to flirt with her Uh uh-huh or that's the implication (laughs) yeah Trump got yeah Hmm. he's like yeah you're gonna have to go take one for the team (laughs) yeah that's that's uh (laughs) pretty funny yeah yeah and then yeah and then yeah he, he was joking about that and she's like please stop that's, that's yeah i can cool. see that being sort of <laughs> it's not a very good joke <laughs> no, <laughs> especially when funny. he's literally the president <laughs> so i mean funny. okay it's funny for us but i can see how it would be funny <laughs> for her <laughs> i don't know i think she might have thought that it was kind of funny because she it was in the book you know Whoever that book hmm. was by. Yeah, I wonder. I, I I can see that. I can also see it that she, she might not take that as funny, but yeah. It, it depends on the context. I think even if she didn't think it was funny, I think she re- realized that it was, you know, objectively funny. Oh, yeah, and it was objectively a joke, obviously, so. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how this author would explain that one. But. Yeah, I'm sure this author would be like, I don't know. I mean, he has a history of. <laughs> yeah, he's punching down at his uh, press secretary. Yep, yes. Yeah, and then the, the like last third of the paper. So we've basically gone through the first two thirds and a little bit of the last third, but the last third of the paper goes through this uh, sort of a diagnosis of this type of bad humor. And while he mostly condemns it, uh, (laughs) uh, though sociable humor is generally virtuous, it depends on the situation at hand. It can also be the foundation of perverse communities, as on subreddits, in which aggrieved or simply bored and angry young men flock fellow citizens just for the lulls. (laughs) And then, quote-unquote, ironic Nazis claim to reside in the country of Kekistan and engage in <laughs> shitposting, in which they harass and derail conversations supposedly just for the joy of mocking established decencies. When met with a resistance, they ask, you mad bro, and claim <laughs> to be surrounded by a world full of people with no sense of humor. This humor is also affiliative, but it, in a way that ridicules and mocks anyone outside their community. <laughs> Unlike, you know, proper humor. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't mock people outside their community at all. I love how, like, so I I said, uh, quote-unquote, ironic Nazis. Only the ironic is in quotes. (laughs) The Nazis part is, like, literal. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. 
They didn't have to put quotes about ironic, but they did, and that makes it so clear that the Nazis part is not ironic. <laughs> yeah, well... Whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, this person yeah, also makes... I mean, this one, he says, a sense of humor has historically been condemned in Western philosophy and religion. And uh, actually, it says, contrary to Colby's claim, a sense of humor has historically been condemned in Western philosophy and religion. And then there's just no citation for that. It, it's just, and then he just goes on. Hmm. Yeah, that and, seems like an interesting point. <laughs> if you could, you know, go into that a bit. <laughs> and it's even used to argue against, you know, a quote from previously. Like, you know, contrary to Colby's claim. And then makes an assertion about and then there's just nothing. That's that's the end. <laughs> yeah. It's true because, you know, I wrote it here and you can quote me. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's like a lot of yeah, thing I mean there's a lot of argument you need for the points in the section. Like just to claim that, you know, humor has been historically condemned and then that that outweighs the places places where it's been praised um like like in aristotle i think um yeah it was weird uh -huh. it was weird to see no citation. yeah it's oh, very imbalanced but it does cite chris rock on comedy in that same paragraph <laughs> Much more important to, to put your citation there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this, uh, overall, it's very imbalanced in where it puts emphasis on uh, justification. <laughs> it justifies the things that are totally obvious and that are just like generic observations. And then the parts that are actually substantial claims like that one, it's just nothing. Yeah. Oh, here's another assertion, particularly regarding the last... Humor is strongly correlated with the ability to transcend life's troubles. And then it just goes on. And it enhances feelings of self-esteem and confidence in the face of threats, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hmm. Face of, uh, of threats uh, allows people to cope with social limitations. Um, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's probably like six, you know, assertions in those two sentences. And oh, that's hilarious! No, wow. Yeah, there's just because <laughs> that's that's so great actually. Because um, in the uh, introduction, he actually sort of gives a few bullet points of what he thinks are conditions for humor, or at least like you know not uh, not necessary conditions, but common conditions. And one of them is using humor humor to cope, <laughs> and. Uh, it's like, okay, so he's claiming this now, here, later in the paper, as basically, like, following from his definition of humor. <laughs> he's like, it's not even an argument, it's just like, oh yeah, well, I already claimed that that's what humor is, and, you know, so there, for <laughs> Humor must be good for this. Yeah. But yeah, that would be like a psychometric analysis that would be a whole other paper. Or several yeah, papers. Or or he could just he could just cite a paper. Um, but if he did that, he might find out that it's more complicated. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't get why he doesn't cite stuff. Well, it probably wouldn't, you know, <laughs> justify his claims <laughs> in all cases. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so the, the end of the paper here, just to sort of close out on our close reading, uh, talks about, <laughs> yeah, I know, the unintentional close reading, um, talks about how <clears throat> even though, let's see, uh, while it is generally politically vicious to show malice towards fellow democratic citizens, institutions, and norms, it can sometimes be essential if we are to protect them or force citizens and politicians to nurture them. So basically, uh, only when I decide that it's good, then humor can be used to in malice towards people. Yeah, like I, I thought. Yeah, I thought the entire argument. I mean, of the paper so far was, um, yeah, that some forms of humor are good and some are bad. Like the kind, I mean, and you know, the, the Donald Trump kind is bad. And then at the end, it's like, actually, that kind of humor is fine uh, if your target is. And then this person says explicitly Ted Cruz. You know, that's that's his example. Oh, yeah. Do you want to read that <laughs> conclusion? <laughs> so this is what it comes to. Okay. As Aristotle noted, the politically virtuous mean where one sense of, the, of humor genuinely is social, prudent, or just is set by the context and the people at hand. Unless we are talking about Ted Cruz, then have at it. <laughs> Bravo. It's, yeah, and even that, those two sentences don't make sense, like, you know, taken on their own. Um, because when Aristotle says, you know, the, um, the, when he talks about the politically virtuous mean is set by the context and the people at hand, then there shouldn't be an unless there. You're agreeing right, with yeah. Aristotle when you bring in Ted Cruz and, yeah, Ted Cruz's context, and you're saying it's okay in that context, which goes against everything you've been saying. Uh, but it's not; it doesn't go against Aristotle. I don't know why the unless is there. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm noticing that even more. It's now like that you're pointing it out. It's like he attributed his own argument to Aristotle, and then argued against his own argument. Because the unless like applies to what he's been saying the entire paper, not to not to the thing that it refers to grammatically. So here's a here's an alternative theory: is that throughout his argument about Trump in this latter part, he basically is saying that Trump uses humor as a weapon because he gets his supporters to make fun of other people outside of his group, but also that whenever he faces criticism. You could just claim it was a joke, kind of like the example that I gave before. Uh, and he says that, okay, well, if there isn't a delineation between what's humor and what's uh, serious, then that is being used as a weapon. Uh, but in this last part, he says, unless we're talking about Ted Cruz, then how about it? So is the, the point of this sentence, at least when I first read it, was in a reference to that point that he was making, that uh, it's hard to tell whether this is a joke or not. So that's why it's a bad thing to have. Um, so that's why it's sort of counter to what he's been saying so far, or at least it seems counter. It's like an example of what you shouldn't do. But on the other hand, 
the fact that I can't tell if he's joking or not, <laughs> like, that's bad. That's bad for the paper. <laughs> well, and it he's really, serious, I would lean but he also saying that he's serious. Funny. <laughs> he is serious, but because, I mean, he, talk, he makes the Ted Cruz point before this, too, in the same paragraph. So, so he, I mean, he's making the point seriously, but he also, like, if, you know, the fact that it's the last sentence, unless we're talking about Ted Cruz, then how about it? I mean, he clearly thinks it's kind of funny to say, also. Yeah, he's ph- phrasing it in a funny way. So he's punching yeah. up. haha, <laughs> so funny. But, yeah, I mean, the Ted Cruz point before goes, if political elites use com- cutting humor to mock a disabled reporter, it is not virtuous, as the target is undeserving of mockery, but it may be virtuous if turned on Ted Cruz. It doesn't even say why it's okay to turn malicious humor on Ted Cruz. Like, it doesn't even say because he's a senator and he has a lot of power and he's he looks white. You know, he's... <laughs> it would make sense if he had said Donald Trump, because he'd spent, you know, a couple, <laughs> half the paper talking about him. But then just throwing in Ted Cruz, it's like, oh, wait a second, <laughs> this is a different argument. <laughs> You can't just throw in Ted Cruz and then say, like, well, you know, obviously, Ted Cruz is terrible. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? How can you be more randomly political? Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even say why it's okay. Yeah, why it's okay to talk <laughs> Ted Cruz. It's just like, of course it's okay, even though it violates everything I've said this entire paper. Yeah, yeah and whatever. it's even more than just the context, right? Because this isn't saying... It's not even context dependent. It's just like it's like a priori okay to go after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an atomic basic fact of the universe that doesn't need argument to defend. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I think we did a pretty good overview of what happened <laughs> in this paper. But here's the real question is what went wrong? Why did this happen? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so crazy. I I mean, yeah. Because I yeah I mean, philosophy papers in general, uh, journals in general are pretty dry. I don't look at them too much, but uh, yeah, I didn't expect that it was this bad. Um, yeah, I'll I'll take a look at some other journals because I think. Probably in like the public-facing ones, like the public philosophy-type journals, it's probably worse um, hmm. than this journal. Because this journal has mostly papers that aren't like this. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think philosophy is just—it's kind of parts of it is a total joke. Yeah. I don't well, see how, yeah, you could come up with any other conclusion. The fact that this was peer-reviewed, except for publication, peer-reviewed, and then published. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this kind of relates to your point at the beginning about how, what does this have to do with meta-philosophy? Like, it's it's not a meta-philosophy paper. It is not about philosophy. It's, it, it, at the very most generous, you could say, it's a philosophy paper <laughs> even if yeah about, it's, about it's a philosophy humor. of like humor yeah something like that yeah 
that's yeah like the title is sensitive humorous political virtues like if you read it you would you would be kind of confused since it's mostly like random political opinions but <laughs> yeah if you had to summarize the content it's supposed to be about humor yeah so it would be in it would be relevant to that here's my prompt then is that so this is so i guess we should say this isn't just like a random paper that we happen to find and it's like okay sometimes mistakes like this happen you know you have to give a few mistakes but this seems to be a growing trend among philosophy papers uh we actually recently were talking about this paper uh what was it published in the the sideways music one <laughs> oh analysis analysis okay and that's like yeah, a, yeah. a pretty top tier philosophy journal oh that's uh, yeah that's a super prestigious journal yeah <laughs> and it's a totally different paper right it's not a political paper but it's it's kind of a i don't want to say it's the same kind of paper in that it's a non-rigorous analysis but it just is like totally removed from what you would expect from good philosophy right or just like good writing or scholarship or or thinking yeah <laughs> that, so, yeah, I mean, that one we found through the Very Bad Wizards podcast, mm-hmm. and the argument uh, was that, um, okay, how to summarize it? it? It was like, because if you flip a piece of music sideways, it would be just as beautiful um, therefore, you know, s- some fact about uh, space-time is true. So it was yeah. making an argument about physics by assuming a, a realist position about aesthetics and then applying that. Um, yeah, I think it was that, uh, it's just to, to detail what you were saying, it's that there's an aesthetic principle that <clears throat> no matter how you look at a piece of art, it's uh, int- or what aesthetic value is preserved, right? So if you turn a painting on its side, it still has the same aesthetic value as if it was not on its side. Um, but then the problem is that, well... Objectively, turn- yeah. Objectively, yes, yes. But if you take a piece of music and you turn it uh, sideways, not in space, but in time then it loses aesthetic value. We can't appreciate that. So therefore, <laughs> the uh, claim in, phys- uh, in theoretical physics that time and space are symmetrical must be false. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I just started the discussion. I didn't follow it closely. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. I, But so, just the fact that I didn't follow it closely, just is the fact that it was making an argument about the properties of space and time <laughs> with a yeah with a argument about music's uh, objective beauty yeah yeah wh- whatever so yeah. what is the connection to this paper the reason that i was thinking about it is that not only are they both particularly bad papers but they they try to export some uh, basis for their argument 
into an entirely wrong context. So like here, they're trying to make an argument about political virtue, right? And the way they do that is by like random political uh, hot takes. <laughs> Are, uh, they're trying to make a point about humor, I guess I should say. Sorry, I said politics. They're trying to make a point about humor and humor in society. And in order to make that argument, they're just inserting all of their opinions about Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... It, I don't know. I, I don't know what... It's like... Yeah, I can't explain it. Yeah. So one... One condition for this sort of thing happening is that there is a sort of monoculture, a monoculture among the people that are peer reviewing this, that are not immediately like questioning this language relating to Trump. They're like, okay, you know, it's harsh language, but he deserves it. They can overlook that pretty easily. Yeah. Like, uh, even I mean, before giving his that's argument, not... he claims that Trump is, like, the epitome of terrible humor. <laughs> but it's not bad because it uses harsh language, right? It's just, I, yeah, I don't know. what. When you're peer, when you're reviewing a paper, you should be looking for, like, an argument and how rigorous the argument is, how well argued it is, and whether it's making an interesting original point stuff like that um, I mean this is just like all of the basic mechanics that you're supposed to learn in a philosophy education through like undergraduate and graduate schools like this just like flagrantly lacks all like all of them there, there's just <laughs> it just kind of looks like a philosophy paper because it has an abstract and it has like sections but there's just nothing like the content, if, the actual content of it, if you read it, there's, yeah, there's, it's not a philosophy paper. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that that is definitely a big part of it. It doesn't have the structure of an argument. It's just musings, right? As we kind of discussed. Yeah. Although it's, yeah, like the surface structure um, does exist and it's not just musings you know if you just went through it and looked at the headlines but there's like section one introduction two senses of humor as virtues uh three political virtues every sense of humor kind of looks like there might be an argument um, uh -huh. and then yeah. the face of it from the introduction you can probably or i think it would be reasonable if you like for some reason if uh, the rest of the paper was really good and it had the same abstract minus the Trump part, uh, you could probably say like, oh, okay, there's an interesting point to be made here about connecting uh, humor to political virtue somehow. Maybe there's a way to do that. Uh, so there is on the table a possible interesting novel point to make. But while making yeah, that, I mean... anything like that, he doesn't have any <laughs> sort of justification for it. Yeah, and that's where I was when I was like first opened it like i i thought maybe I, I was just curious about it seemed kind of silly but i was wondering you know if it had a real argument and i kind of assumed it 
would have some sort of argument, even if I thought the argument was really dumb. And it turns <laughs> out, it's, yeah, it's not even, it's a lot worse than I, I could have expected. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, review here. A lot worse than I could have expected. <laughs> <laughs> so how common do you think this is in, uh, I guess this is a particular journal, but journals of the status and higher uh, I, in philosophy? I think, I think like the top like two journals Maybe uh, that I've looked at periodically are not this bad, are not as bad. Yeah, like philosophical review isn't is definitely not as bad. Uh, yeah, but I yeah I just haven't looked at other papers or other journals much. But so I, I mean, think the analysis one was really surprising because that's a really good journal. Hmm. I haven't actually read that paper, so maybe it has like great. <laughs> work in it, but it just has a wrong basis or something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't read it. um, Yeah, so I guess that you admitted that this is a phenomenon of popular philosophy. (laughs) Easily. But the weird thing here is that it sort of weaseled its way into a higher tier journal. Is this... What do you mean this is in popular philosophy? A phenomenon? Well, I thought, well, that's what you were saying before, that like this happens in popular-facing philosophy more commonly. Oh, I, I don't even know. but Because I haven't looked at those journals. But I, I assume so, but I don't know. No. Hmm. But uh, I meant by that, uh, like, journals about, um, like, public or practical philosophy I guess um, because oh. there are journals where you're where people write about like philosophy that has to do with politics um, yeah but this isn't one of those journals hmm okay okay maybe it would go but uh, hold there <laughs> yeah like popular facing like uh, philosophy like um, philosophers writing for the public yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like this there, but yeah, that, I mean, that kind of maybe isn't as troubling because those, like, op-eds don't have to go through peer review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different kind of writing. That's a good point. Okay, well, that was uh, pretty much all I had in mind. What about you? We should look at some computer science journals. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> depends on what you're interested in looking at. You don't want to learn about the ethics of uh, cryptography. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that I didn't like that paper, but that was so much better <laughs> than this paper. <laughs> <laughs> at least it actually had citations. Yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like, yeah, computer science, uh, other disciplines have stuff like this, but just to a smaller degree. It's like, nobody really reads these papers, they're just there to put on your resume. 
<laughs> so, yeah, a lot of them are probably insubstantial. Huh, yeah, I guess, so there are particular subfields of computer science that I would expect this to be more common in. There's, like, ethics, basically, of computer science is one of these kinds of fields. Um, but anything that's, like, hard computer science, I would be very surprised if there was anything like this. Maybe in, like, data analysis there might be something like this. Because hard yeah. computer science is basically just math in engineering. But if you're doing, like, <clears throat> analysis of real-world data and stuff like that, I could see it being, like, you know, how many how many Reddit users are shitposting on these? <laughs> <laughs> how many Reddit users are, hate women? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and philosophy and, like, the analytic tradition that all of these journals are in, there's, there's supposed to be, you know, some sort of baseline rigor that's uh, enforced and that's kind of analogous to math where yeah, to publish in, in math or to do math uh, there, there's just the basic rigor that you get from the subject itself um, and then yeah, computer science is a lot like that but with a little less maybe hmm. proofs and just pure focus on that but yeah this is like falsely gone very far astray <laughs> yeah i guess that uh i could imagine there being a few things that are like the sideways music paper i went to i would very be extremely surprised to ever see something like this uh paper that we're reading now but the sideways music paper where it's like far-fledged but far-fetched but it's still like in the same format as something <laughs> maybe there could be something like that i feel like it just would be as noticeable because uh it's not like ridiculous sounding it would just be ridiculous in like some very technical way <laughs> yeah or, or yeah maybe there there's just a lot of papers that nobody uh could care about or would care about uh, that might be the issue. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that too. And it's probably the case in these sorts of, like, just everywhere that, you know, you get some ridiculous paper, it's like, well, okay, no one pays attention to it. Why would you? Yeah. You don't hear about is uh, It's hard to measure how commonly this happens. Because I guess that, uh, what is the benefit to making fun of a paper like this? <laughs> the only reason we're doing it is because, uh, it's interesting to talk about it in the context of other things, but on its own merits, it's like, there's nothing to gain of this paper. It's a, it's a negative waste of time to <laughs> just read a paper for itself. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, this one, yeah, I feel like this one might have had a bit of an audience <laughs> just because people will get, they won't get, you know, philosophical insight from it, but they'll think they do. Um, Honestly, I'd like to see, yeah. like, you know, you find someone you know is, like, definitely liberal. Like, what would Aditya say about this paper? <laughs> I, I think a lot of liberals would like it. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, it's just, like, a lot of, you know, op-eds or... It's, a lot, it's like a lot of journalism, basically, that's anti-Trump. 
um, except in the paper, in the form of a paper. Ah, uh, yeah, but even like you know, I have my biases as well, and if I read something that is as obviously biased as this, even if I agree with some of the conclusions, I'd still be like, I don't know, this still seems kind of uh, <laughs> not very good. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the people we're talking about, if we're talking about, like, liberals that read, you know, the New York Times or watch CNN, like, they don't do that. I, I mean, just, hmm. you know, if you look at, <laughs> we've talked about this a lot, but, like, uh, Maggie Haberman, New York Times byline stories, it's, like, the same thing. And they think, I mean, journalism, you know, ostensibly, I mean, it should be the same kind of thing where it's reporting the news and, you know, ju just as much as a philosophy paper, it shouldn't be a bunch of assertions and opinions and biased uh, attacks. But, but it is. So if yeah. they don't notice it in those media sources, you think they would probably be unnoticing of it here? Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe this uh, author, he just really wants to become a CNN anchor or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would, I'm sure he would do well. Yep. You can put this on his resume for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm glad we didn't, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just attacking the, <laughs> the, the paper. I don't want to get into the skies. <laughs> More into that. Okay, uh, sh should we end the recording here? Yeah, I think that's good.